Hey folks, before we get started, I just want to let you know about my upcoming book, The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. If you're looking for a job or you think you might be looking for a job in the future and you're trying to up your mobility and meet new people and things like that, this book walks you through the whole process. Go ahead and check it out. It comes out on November 20th. It'll be on Amazon and you can find it as The Max Coder's Guide to Finding Your Dream Developer Job. Hey, everybody. Thanks for coming to another episode of Adventures in Angular. I am Frosty. Exactly. Today on the panel, panel, we've got a bunch of clowns. Let's start with (laughs) recently returned from a six-month hiatus in Europe. B-Love, Brian. Hello. How was it? Good to be here. It was good. I will say that it's uh, it's good to be back in the States. And the first thing that I have acquired is Dunkin' Donuts. A Dunkies. Uh, yep. Went to Dunkin' Donuts this morning and it oh, was good. The Dunkies. <laughs> when did you get back? Like today? Last night at like 1030 Eastern, but that was like 4 a.m. So like, like Eastern, I got to get so. back for that podcast. Oh, yeah. Got to get oh, ready yeah. for this podcast. <laughs> That's right. You know, it, man. Got my Dunkin' ready to go. Well, I'm sad, <laughs> I'm sad that you're back to normal life. Also yep. on the podcast, we have everyone's favorite community member, Alyssa, and traveling hey. mother of uh, Mr. Milks. I saw Mr. Her Milks. The, <laughs> saw you at the GDE Summit this last week. Alyssa. Ah, hey, it is so good to be here. And sorry, my my trip there was super brief. I caught a stomach bug and spent like 98% of the time in the hotel room. So that was probably the worst trip I've had since I started traveling, but I survived and I'm home and that's all that matters. Worst trip ever. Yeah, it was bad. It was literally like, can I actually walk to the airport? Like I was contemplating that with my son. (laughs) Like, you know, when you're that weak and sick. You're like, I need an Uber for legs. I need somebody to borrow some legs. I, know, I was like, how close can the Uber get me to TSA? Last right? time I'm eating Mr. Milk. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Milk is no, like trying I, I'm feeling so much better and glad to be here. <laughs> also, lurking. You've heard him already lurking. We've got this special <laughs> Shy Resnick. That was a lurky laugh. That laugh was a bit lurky. A bit. Hello, everybody. I'm Shy Resnick. And I'm in the middle of uh, reshooting some stuff from my uh, Angular testing workshop. It's going to be free. And today I learned that everything I recorded today was blurry. So I, I want to basically kill myself now. <laughs> oh, man. So you have to redo it. That's oh, awful. Yeah, I have to redo everything. But other than that, hey, here I am. <laughs> Let's talk <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. I think Blurry Shy is almost as good as Real Shy. You could use him, right? Hey. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay, move All along. Right. Move along. All right. And then we have our guest today. We got Stephen Cooper. Stephen, can you introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm uh, well, Stephen. I'm over here in London. I think I'm the only one. Am I the only one this side of the pond? I think so, yeah. So. No, 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 no. Shy. Lurking yeah. on the other side. I'm lurking in London. Ah, we are probably not that far away from each other then. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so I'm a developer. Look behind you. There's <laughs> no one there. Here in G Research, I've been, I guess, here for about eight years now doing Angular for about four. And I've had a bit, I guess, of a more exciting year doing my first talk at Angular Connect and starting to write blog posts and just getting going with all of, all of those kind of things and uh, quite enjoying it. Congrats. This episode is sponsored by Sentry.io. Recently, I came across a great tool for tracking and monitoring problems in my apps. Then I asked them if they wanted to sponsor the show and allow me to share my experience with you. 
Sentry provides a terrific interface for keeping track of what's going on with my app. It also tracks releases so I can tell if what I deployed makes things better or worse. They give you full stack traces and as much information as possible about the situation when the error occurred to help you track down the errors. Plus, one thing I love, you can customize the context provided by Sentry. So, if you're looking for specific information about the request, you can provide it. It automatically scrubs passwords and secure information, and you can customize the scrubbing as well. Finally, it has a user feedback system built in that you can use to get information from your users. Oh, and I also love that they support open source to the point where they actually open source Sentry if you want to self-host it. Use the code devchat at sentry.io to get two months free on Sentry's small plan. That's code devchat at sentry.io. What is G research? Is you're researching gangsters? What, gangsters? what is that? <laughs> no, it's, uh, I guess the research part of it is in financial research. So coming up with trading ideas and, and then selling them on to, I guess, clients who can then implement them and, and run them in their own trading systems. Nice. OGs. Nice. OG for life. OG <laughs> research. So you're that guy that gave the talk at Angular Connect then? Yes. Oh, yes, you're the guy. I heard about you. Yeah. <laughs> what was your talk about? So the talk was called NG Template Outlets, The Secret to Customization. So really it was a, a dive into looking at how maybe people use, I guess, inputs into their components to toggle features in, inside a component. Whereas Angular provides us this mechanism of NG Template Outlets where we can pass in templates and inject, I guess, context into them as well. So it's this really powerful feature where you can remove all these feature toggles, pass in exactly the template that you want to be used, and the component can use that template and control even the data that's being passed into it. Oh, that's um, awesome. Is this what we're talking about today? No, we're talking about birds. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. This is the bird episode. Alyssa, we talked about this in planning. We talked about, <laughs> talk about this, Alyssa. Is the bird a- episode. No, no, we're, we're, we're talking about this. This is part of the NG research. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's the NG research episode about templates. <laughs> well, it's it's about balls. component customization. <laughs> hey, he did say clowns. <laughs> he did, he did. So, all right. So, Stephen, for the listeners, because I obviously know the answer to the question. I'm asking it only to be nice. Um, <laughs> <laughs> most people know the different... Well. No one knows the difference between what you're talking about. Component outlets and template outlets. For everyone who doesn't know, because I do, can you explain the difference? So for the NG template outlets, the idea being there is that's not a directive that you can attach to any HTML element and you pass it a template reference. So to define that template reference, you can, in your HTML code, write, you know, let's say we've got a div and we've got some content in it and then you can do hash and then give it a name. And so that way you've, you've referenced that template and then you can pass that into this directive um, where you've got your ng template outlet as an input. And then where you define that template, it won't get, I guess, instantiated where you find it. It will get instantiated where you've used this ng template outlet directive. So it's a way of defining your template code in one location, but having it displayed in another. And that could be passed into another component, which is then, say it's got an ng container within it, and it's then applying the template in that location. ng component outlets 
follow a similar pattern, but instead of passing a template in, you actually give it the name, or not just the name, the actual type of the component that you want it to instantiate there. So that's another way of, I guess, injecting custom behavior inside another component. And this is something which I've been playing with at our work and having some pretty good results with. So let me ask a question. I'm going to go back to the first one. So yeah. they, they sound similar. NG template outlet, I pass it a template reference. Yes. NG component outlet, I pass it a component. Yeah. Okay. So can I ask a couple of questions about the first one? And then I'm, I have some about the second one as well. Okay. You said I pass a template to it. And, and in order to make a template reference, I use the hash you know, symbol to kind of make a template reference. Yeah. Do I also have to use like a special... NG template tag, like NG template tag or something in order to make the template, or how do I make a template? Yeah, you're correct there. As in, see, you'd use that NG template. So teach me how to make one, like just kind of walk me through it because I've I've never done that. Okay. What is this, a private lesson here? Yeah, (laughs) teach everyone, not just for us. Don't don't teach shy. Teach me. Let's say we've got an empty HTML file um, and at the top we'll say ng-template. And that will be a, I guess, an element there. Now, the good thing about that element is that it doesn't actually get rendered in the DOM. Um, you'll see that it will just be turned into a comment. Okay. Um, and then whatever you write inside that as a child of the ng template, I guess, tag, is then the content of that template. But it's also, is, it's also not rendered, right? Like, it's not rendered. Okay. Now, everything within that ng template is, I guess, hidden within that template until you instantiate it somewhere somewhere else using What's, the... What is the point of our ng-template since he's just being turned into a comment? So it just gives us a nice way of being able to define, I guess, a set of templates. So we might have a header there or a, mm. a div and, and how we want to display things. And you can still apply your bindings in there and to data in your component where you're defining it because it has access to that context. And so... In one sense, you can reuse these templates as well. So you might write your template once saying, okay, this is how I want a person's name to be displayed. So you might have like their picture and their, and their names. Um, mm-hmm. And you can define that in a template. And then say in your component, you're then displaying their name in multiple places. You could reuse that template in, in that way and save yourself, I guess, duplicating that code. How does that compare to just using like a custom component? Like a lot of a lot of use cases, you know, that I've seen is, you know, people would in let's say that example of, you know, I want to display like a profile or or whatever it is, I would just create a custom component for that. And then that would be my ability to like write it once and then reuse it throughout my application. Like what's the yeah. difference between what we're talking about and and this? So I guess the end result is the same. You're writing it once. Um, mm-hmm. but I guess you haven't had to write any of the component, I guess, code to instantiate that template. It's all right. self-contained within, I guess, potentially where you're using it. So if, if you're then going to use that same template in multiple different components you know, throughout mm-hmm. your app, then creating it as a component you know, it makes, it makes a lot sense. more sense. But if you're not, this is a nice way to get that reusability right at once, and I can use that all inside of a single component template multiple times. Yes. Yeah. Cool. And so it saves you, uh, I guess, some code volume Mm -hmm. in that sense. Yeah. There is another use case uh, where I've seen uh, 
like a reusable components libraries use that to save you the trouble of, I don't know, extending a component or something like that, just like mark your template and you get like variables that they supply by the context and all that stuff. Yeah, that's the, I think that's the really powerful thing Yeah, that takes ng-templates to the next, I guess, level in that sense, being able to pass in context to your templates. And that's where I went with the talk that I did at Angular Connect. I had this custom drop-down item. So there you could pass in a template and using the let syntax, you can then have access to context objects. So within the select component itself, it can say, when I'm instantiating this template, pass it this context object. And so that context object will be, okay, I guess, which option it's currently being viewed for. And then when you're defining your template, you can say, let name, I say, you know, and pick up that value. And the really powerful thing there is then you can use the actual value of the name and run it through, you know, other functions that are defined within your component. And so you can add all this metadata at the component level, which knows about it. And your select component doesn't have to handle any of that complexity. Um, so I think it's, that's where ng-templates and then using the ng-template outlet context directive with it just gives it so much power. I guess I need to go watch your talk because I've been in a code base where there was a lot of ng-template outlets. And some of the time I felt like, why didn't we just do an ng-if on these? Because like, I felt like it was like, if scenario A, show the top part. If scenario B, show the bottom part. I was like, well, why don't we just use an ng-if? Like, I, there's clearly something I'm not understanding that I'm, I'm hoping to absorb from your brain through osmosis on this podcast. So what's the difference between this thing, ng-template-outlet, and just doing some ng-ifs? So if we, I guess, take this example of the select component, so say you could start adding some customization to your select component. So if it's just a list of names, say one use case might want to have an image. And so it passes in an image along with the name. So you could hide that behind a feature toggle so that some components, when you're using that, will show an image and other times they won't. And then I guess you might then have other features that you want to add into that display in your select component. And I think this is where, if you're using an ng-if, things can get quite, I guess, complicated and, and more bloated, especially as you get more and more specific, I guess, implementation details. So I think if there's just one or two options, then you know, an ng-if should be, should be fine. But if you then want to give that complete customization and prevent your template inside your, I guess, shared select component getting overly complicated, that's where you can just basically say, okay, this is too complicated. I'm going to delegate the responsibility of displaying this back to the component via this ng-template outlet. Yes. And that way, all of that complexity is limited to where you need it. And your shared select component can, I guess, remain completely clean and truly shareable. That's the same as like... Think about it in uh, the use case of content projection, okay, with a reusable component. We need to project like content children and you can basically say to the user, hey, you can inject here a ng template and this uh, with, I don't know, uh, this will be the contract 
that you can pass, like you can expect to get these type of variables into that template. And then you can like basically create highly reusable, take for example, a data table uh, or a data grid. So the uh, the cells itself uh, th- themselves could be, I don't know, uh, projected with templates that you control as the user of that table. But I don't know over uh, or the the wrapper, which is the the data grid item component, could pass you certain variables like what's the content to display here or what's the text in this item or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then you can control like the how this uh, content is getting displayed without m- like messing with the reusable data grid component. Okay, this is one scenario I saw that they use ng templates. Where I think can do UI, I believe, or something like that. Where I, where I saw like the benefits of when to use that. It's like uh, I don't know any service where you can keep adding more use cases with flags. This, this is the NGF, Stephen uh, explained. Or just pass it, uh, I don't know, a configuration or just like do the inversion of control, right? And just like use it from the outside and then you could decide on the use case. And I don't know, I hope it makes sense. <laughs> no, that was a good example. I like it. Yeah, the other time I've seen this is uh, implementing like Algolia Search. I don't know if you've ever used their search engine with Angular, but they have a thing called Angular Instance Search or something like that. And they do the same thing. So a very similar concept, right? Where you're defining that ng template uh, and you get that context kind of passed into it. So cool. So the context is is the contract, right? That you can expect. This is the API. Mm-hmm. So if you read the documentation, you can uh, they can say like, okay, you can expect that with this context, you will get yep. past like the text the text or like i don't know the index number of this uh, cell and stuff like that and then you yep. can do whatever you want with it and project it yeah the one thing which i think people kept asking me after my talk was oh does the can you get like autocomplete or type checking on that context object and unfortunately uh, that's a good moment, question yeah i don't think so right you, you can't and, yeah. and so then it really falls on the Author, the documentation guess, yeah. of the component to document mm-hmm. which properties you combine to. I think Ivy, you know, it's because I know they're going to improve the type checking for NG4, but I think that's been pretty much given a special um, use case. So I don't think it's quite going to get there, um, but it'll be interesting to see if there's any other, I guess, plugins um, for IDEs that might be able to potentially bake in some assumptions and, and get you a step closer. Because hmm. that yeah, would be really, really nice point. to that be would able be to, nice. to yeah. do that. Yeah. yeah, so that way when you do let dash or whatever, you just like, yeah. boom, you get a drop down. Now you know all the context that's available. Yeah, that's cool. that, that would be great. That would be nice. <laughs> so let me ask another question just to kind of walk through how this is getting used. So if I have a component, like let's just, you know, imagine some donut component, right? Where I make donuts or whatever. I've got maybe let's say four or five template refs in there where I've done ng template and I've given them, you know, I've used the hash to give them all names, right? So one's foo, one's hash bar, one's half faz, one half, you know, biz. So I've got all these, I got these four templates. And then kind of somewhere else in my template, I used ng template outlet. Is that is that correct? I have to pass one of those templates into the ng template. Yes. Is that is that how it works? Yeah, that's how it works. I don't take that template and like pass it down to a child component. I actually, I just 
take the template reference and I pass it into the outlet. Is that is that what's happening? Yeah. Um, so wherever you've defined that, so I like to use ng container tags um, yeah. to apply the ng template outlet directive to, because then you know the container disappears. Yeah, and you just get the template there. Yeah, um, I like that. So if that's all defined within the same component template, that's fine. But then you can pass these in as inputs to a child component. I so like I can pass a, a parent template ref from somewhere out, outside. Yeah. I can pass that down in through an input. And then that child component takes the template ref from somewhere else and yeah. renders it into huh. the template out. Oh, that's really yes. cool. I didn't know you could do that. Yeah, that so is, you can pass that in as an input or you can pick it up as a view child using the name of that template. Yeah. So that gives, that's, enables you to pass in multiple different templates as well. Oh, wow. It's oh, interesting. That's, that's cool. Yeah. Wow. It's interesting because when I think of AOT and at like a build time hydration or like, I guess, decompilation of the template, it's interesting to know that it's compiling it in the context of the parent template, but at runtime, it's passing that template down into a child component to be rendered. Like, I don't know, it's a little bit mind bending when I think about that, the difference between runtime, build time of the templates, knowing that the JIT compiler is not there in production. So that's interesting. I didn't know that. That's cool to know. Yeah. And that this is where you get so much power because when you're defining that template, you can access methods on your parent component. Sure. Hmm. And it's and the inputs to those methods hmm. are the data that lives in the child component. Because the template, even though you're passing it down into the child, it's executing in the context of the parent. Yes. So the and method then, that you the click event on the template, even though it's running inside of the child component, the click event was defined in the parent. So like the handler, that's interesting. It does bend my mind even harder to understand it, though. But I, I think I'm getting what you're saying. So, yeah. so all of this, and then with ng component outlet is basically the same thing. Instead of, but instead of doing a template reference, I'm doing a component. I, I'm yeah. actually referencing a component token. You actually reference a yeah, a component. And so this way, it's I guess it gives you another level to be able to, I guess, really reuse. I guess, the components that you are defining to then be used in these outlets. So I think a really nice high-level overview or, or something that you could do with this is say you had just a, a grid with all your different, I guess, boxes in your web app. And then if you have standalone components which don't have any inputs or outputs, say, and if they take all their data, say, from a service, you could just drop these components in uh, using ng component outlets and they would get instantiated and they could all just start talking to their services themselves and you potentially built yourself a you know a drag and drop widget dashboard using these features in a really simple simple way so i think the the yeah, tricky part with with ng component outlets and there's i'm aware there's some libraries to help you manage this better is the input and output bindings because there isn't really a clean way of doing That's that at the true. moment. You can you pass have to in, talk to the component instance itself. That would be kind of weird. Yeah. So you can pass in a, or you can pass in an injector fun or an injector that the component outlet will use when it's instantiating that component. And 
doing that, you can do things like where you pass in a, say you could wrap an ID in an injectable object and create an injector, which just gives the service that ID. And so that when you're defining that component, its constructor will then take in that, that type, which is expecting, and then you can kick off lots of other data retrievals because it can then access any other in dependency injected service. Um, so I think it works really well when the components you're defining can access data from services or any other dependent depend, well, injectable services. Um, but if you're wanting to try and do lots with inputs and outputs, that's not going to work as easily. That's cool. Because I think, I think largely people get topics that they've like battled a lot with and then they learn them. I think that's where the best talks come from. So um, I'm guessing you've probably gone through like the dungeon on this thing and you, you, like, you know the ins and outs. It sounds like you understand it really, really well, which is cool. I guess to kind of help us, you know, me and the listeners and the other panelists understand, hey, when should we consider using template outlets instead of like an NGF or transclusion, uh, sorry, content projection. Hey. Sorry. <laughs> it was throwback, throwback, throwback. What are some of the like flags maybe we could look for or symptoms that we could be looking for to say, I probably should think about doing what Steven's talking about. So in its simplest form, if you ignore the context, using an NG template pretty much is the same thing as ng content with the projection. So if you're not going to start using context objects, then using content projection works just fine. But if you find yourself adding new inputs um, to a component to control what's going on in its template, then I think that's the, the major flag for thinking about, actually, can I just pass in a template and then provide context to it? Yeah, I think that's definitely the the one where I've noticed in, in our code the most. It's really just helpful when you're creating shareable components that you want people to be able to customize how it's actually being displayed. So that's a really good use case for this. Um, but helpful. then the other, the other use case, which I'm beginning to realize more as well, is if you are, I guess, repeating similar chunks of template code within one component and then being able to use the context to just set some different parameters on it. That works nicely as well. Gotcha. So when someone wants to go ahead and dive in and start doing this, other than your Angular Connect talk, like does your Angular Connect talk have everything for someone to get started or do you have other resources to point so people I've, to? Yes, I've created a stack blitz for this. Paste it in the show notes and everyone will be able to, it'll be on the blog post or on the, uh, yep. on the podcast site so they can see it. Okay, I'll do that. And then that gives you a simple example. Well, simple is probably the wrong word. It gives you an example <laughs> um, that demonstrates how you can define one component and pass in two different templates and get a visual representation of what they're doing. So that's a probably good way of playing around with these. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate this example so much. Thank you. Like, that is just brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I agree. This is confusing stuff when when you first walk into a code base that's like ng outlet, ng template, ng template, ng template. You're like, what? <laughs> the literally, I've been doing Angular for years, never seen it. Why is it everywhere? Mm-hmm. It's helpful. That, this this kind of a talk or stack, but it's helpful to be like, all right, that makes sense because 
it looks super foreign to be honest. When when it's your first time, you're like, what is it? Why is this happening? You know. So that, <laughs> I'm glad that you gave me the symptoms to look for because I'm pretty sure I've done the content projection like thing that you're saying where I modify what's being projected so I can affect it more. Maybe next time I'll I'll look I'll reach to the uh, the template outlet. So that's good. Alyssa asked a question that I was interested in. So you gave us a stack blitz and we also, we have your talk on, um, on Angular Connect. Is there any other resources that people could go to to kind of get some tangible understanding and learning around this? Yeah, there's a few good um, blog posts on this topic. I think um, Nathaniel Basil, I think he's done some good um, topics on this. I'll, I'll add those links in as well because that, that's where I came across it myself. Because I was using an NG content, but I just couldn't customize what was going on and, and make that work. And so when I read this blog post, um, it just gave me, I guess, the idea of using templates and just went from there. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll provide that in the, the chat. So tell us the truth. How hard on a scale of one to 10 was it to explain this without visuals? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think if, it, if you'd asked me to do this before giving the talk, it would have been a lot harder. Sure. Um, but I, I've been through this too many times in my head. Um, so it feels like yeah, no, <laughs> hopefully I was, getting I was a little bit more. <laughs> really impressed by how clean and organized you kept it without having any visual references. Uh, bravo. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> very good. Podcasting, that's why it's tough. It's like, man, we're talking about stuff that usually we'd have a whiteboard or like an editor. And you're trying to convey that like, <laughs> just with words. It, or I mean, like even a piece of paper, right? Like yeah, yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. It's or a even, good hand, exercise, even hand signals, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this yeah. and then this. You can make an HTML bracket. Like, yeah, on a yeah. podcast, you got nothing. <laughs> we should rethink the whole idea of this podcast. All right, let's start over. <laughs> oh, that's like Shy's whole day, right? <laughs> oh, oh, it's too blurry. Time. Let's delete it. Thanks. Yeah. Oh. Reminded me, I need to jump. <laughs> RF, RF. <laughs> Steven, if anyone wants to get in touch with you, ask you more questions on this topic, is there a preferred <laughs> way for communicating with you? Yeah, Twitter's the best way to get in touch with me. So that's at Cooper Dev. At Cooper Dev. And you're not related to like Cooper S. Cooper, right? No. Uh, the JavaScript weekly guy? No, not that I'm aware and, of. And you're not uh, by any chance related to Stephen Fluen, right? Yeah. No, I'm, I'm not related to him. But I did get confused for him at Angular Connect 2018 because I asked a question about how do you manage like family life and then contributing to open source or, or doing all the extra work outside of your, maybe your normal office job. At that time, I think Stephen had just had his first baby. So they were thinking, oh, is this Stephen asking that question? But So you, of course, went into signing autographs right yeah. away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The British accent was a, a giveaway. Well, hold on. Because when Stephen, I've been with Stephen... Fluent, he sorry. has a little bit of an accent. And right? when he gets around people with a with a British accent, he flips because he he was raised there, and he flips over to his British accent. Really? Yeah. I watched him do it, and I was like, "What is that? What are we doing?" 
I was like, <laughs> I, I was like, am I, I supposed to do it too? Am, am I supposed to do I it? I thought he was doing it intentionally. I think I joined uh, in. Oh, <laughs> yeah. He, well, so he's talking to James Hello. Henry. Yeah, he's talking to James Henry, and and he flipped. I was like. <laughs> Is this weird for James that Steven's doing this? <laughs> then, Offensive. I was like, I'm about to do my leprechaun impersonation. <laughs> and hopefully that's not weird. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Not offensive at all either. Yeah. And then, um, but then Steven's like, no, I was, I was raised there. I was like, oh, that's cool. And then James walked away and he kept doing it. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> that's, that's weird, but uh, do James you think? James isn't here anymore, man. Anyway, so... <laughs> I had a, an employee once who had this bug. Whenever he heard an accent, he automatically mimicked it without even noticing it. He did a, the mistake of telling me about it. And once we had a, an investor coming in for a visit from France, and all day long I started speaking in a French accent <laughs> just to mess with him. Yeah, and yeah. by the time, and he kept like, uh, oh, you you heard about the investor that is coming? <laughs> the investor. <laughs> the investor. <laughs> that was so, so, good. so he said like, oh, I didn't have. Hey, hey, shy, stop, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite part of this story, so and I don't know if any of you caught it, was that you literally referenced a human being as having a bug, and you didn't mean a medical one. <laughs> No. You're like, he has this bug, right? Bug. Like, yeah, this is how I talk. <laughs> this is how I talk. Adorable. I have also a bug. Well, he could have said an edge case. Right <laughs> <laughs> now, an edge case nerd. You know? He's edgy. He's edgy. Oh what, do you, what do you mean I'm edgy? <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. All right, so everyone, Cooper Dev. My Twitter handle used to be JS Dev, so we might be related as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can't, there's no way to know anymore how we're all related. Yeah, are, do you still have yeah. followers on JS Dev? Um, uh, I pr- maybe. I mean, I I just took a different Twitter handle, Aaron Frost. But I we, signed up for a fake account. That, remember, with Didn't you? Yeah, 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 yeah. We learned about that. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do a podcast about that. Do you think people would listen? I about thought it was pod- interesting. About what? what is the podcast about? I'm confused. What if we do a podcast about? like four or five different ways to convince people squatting on your Twitter handle to give it to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Cause beyond money or blackmail, I don't have anything. So yeah. Mine was, mine was a long game. <laughs> mine was a long game. Yep. Until the rent came due. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just needed to wait for this dude to need some rent money. And then <laughs> I, I was in the right position. And he so now me. you're a millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. This episode is sponsored by flatfile.io. CSV import is broken. I mean, don't you cringe when you think about how to account for messy data, edge cases, encoding formats, you have that comma or quote in the wrong place, and explaining it to end users, that's just a mess. Building and maintaining a custom importer is a huge time suck and a royal pain. That's why the folks at Flatfile created an elegant import button. Their CSV import integrates into any web app and provides auto-column matching, data validation, and an intuitive user experience with just a few lines of code. Flatfile's pre-built SDKs and extensive configuration options make it easier for you to ship the importer you've always wanted. As a listener of this show, you can get a 20% off your first year with the code DEVCHAT, that's capital D-E-V-C-H-A-T. Get it at flatfile.io. Never build a CSV importer again. Boy, wouldn't that be nice. All right, let's move on to picks. Does anyone want to kick the tires on 
the picks? I can kick something. I have uh, two picks. One is, like I mentioned, uh, testangular.com. It's going to be on uh, January, th- uh, not January, November 6th. Uh, I'm opening up my uh, free workshop, testing workshop. Reopen it for a limited time. So check it out and register to get notified on testangular.com. I will put the link. And my other pick is called One Strange Rock, and it's a Netflix uh, series which talks about the Earth from the point of view of astronauts who were in space. And they had the chance to look at our planet and realize a bunch of things that from here you cannot see. So it's an amazing, amazing, amazing uh, TV show. Very beautiful uh, and very teaches you a lot of things. So uh, check it out as well. So it's called One Strange Rock. Yeah, it's great. Will Smith narrates. It's great. I love that, that show. So I'll go next. I was at an event this week with Alyssa and Brian would have been there and Shai would have been there if they weren't on speaking hiatuses due to other things. But uh, it was at Google and they said they were going to have a keynote from someone who was in the NASA program. And I was like, no, it sounds all right. I'll go. Why not? I'm here. I might as well not go and stay in the hall. So I went. Blew my mind the talk, to be honest. So the, the speaker's name was Garrett Reisman. One of the most charismatic speakers I've listened to in like a really long time. He was a, just a short person who everyone said, you're too short to be an astronaut. And he talked about a couple experiences where he got bullied by the other astronauts in training and then ended up spending more time in space than the bullies did. And, um, and it was just so inspirational. Now he works with Tesla. Or, yeah, you're right. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, would... just such a good speaker. I had so I had so much fun listening to him and his take on life and um, how how to not give up and how to uh, I don't just keep going and just all the things he's accomplished despite being too short to do something really hard and uh, it was cool. I really 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 liked that talk. I'm gonna pick another thing at this point in time. <laughs> and I'm saying that because I wanted to say that I wasn't coursed. And um, so someone in the community asked the NG comp team for something that no one's ever asked before. They wanted to see talk submissions that have been accepted in the past. They just wanted to see what did it look like? Like what did people submit? that actually got picked. Like what does a successful talk submission look like? So we reached out to speakers from the past and said, Hey, can we share your submission? And, a lot of them said yes. And so go check out our blog and check out our last newsletter. It's actually going to show you a list of some speakers who got picked in the past and give you an example of this is what was successful in the past to maybe give you an idea of what you, how you might want to craft your submissions, if that makes any sense. So check out that latest publication from ngconf, either on our blog or on our latest email. So that's my cool. second pick. How do you sign up for that newsletter? Just go to ng-conf, ng-conf.org and subscribe for updates. Cool. Yeah, thanks. Brian, you want to go next? Yeah, sure. You know, I didn't really think about this. Uh, I guess my two picks are just being back in the U.S. is great. It's really nice being in a country where people speak your first language <laughs> and you're not constantly having to think about how do I communicate? You know, I want a big coffee or a large coffee yeah. or like using your hands, the gesture, yeah. everything. <laughs> like it's literally... Really- all the coffee you have. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes you ask for something and you're like, oh, I want this one. And then you don't get that. And you're like, but 
But you're like, I thought I communicated this clearly, but I used the right not. hand signals. <laughs> like you didn't get what I was saying. I will order a hamburger. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's just something about being back. You know what I mean? I guess that comfort of your own culture. Uh, so yeah. definitely, I guess that's my pick. Now that traveling is amazing and fun and awesome. Uh, and then my other pick is I've been playing a lot of uh, Zelda Breath of the Wild lately mm. and uh, was on a flight last night for eight hours and played pretty much for eight hours. So it's, nice. uh, it's a fantastic game. So <laughs> if you're into if you're, it's on Nintendo Switch uh, and it came out, I want to say like a year ago. So it's this is nothing new, uh, but it's just a great game. So check it out. Hmm. Alyssa. Yeah. So my six month old baby, he's got to be obviously my pick he uh <laughs> mr milks he wait, wait, can i ask why he's called mr milks like after that that this, is all and i'm that's all he cares about brian is oh, that's, that's, that's his <laughs> life <laughs> mr. I, thought milks. He, <laughs> I thought he, he had a beard <laughs> i imagine a baby with a beard with milk on the beard <laughs> milk kind of pouring down. he, he oh, needs yeah. to get one that is definitely on it no so we got him a Goku outfit for Halloween because we oh, are nice. huge Dragon Ball fans. I guess my second pick is Destiny 2, their latest DLC, Shadowkeep. I got to get into the raid last night for a couple hours with my friends, and uh, we only got the first two encounters done, but it was still a blast. So if you have been holding out, I definitely think you won't be disappointed with this DLC. Sorry. Nice. That sounds cool. I'm always jealous of you guys when you talk about your video games you play. Why? Why? Why you know games? Why you know game? Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I just I have five kids, so every anytime I like take a breath and I'm like, hey, no one's talked to me in 25 seconds. A kid shows up, so, <laughs> so there's no time. <laughs> Elisa, Elisa, you just wait. <laughs> you're right you're right he's not moving yet so yeah. <laughs> once they get mobile yeah. um, <laughs> anyway thanks for sharing the game stuff it keeps the rest of us we live the games through proxy so I appreciate it like you shared the GDE Sammy thank you for the big phone oh. yeah yeah, yeah, yeah thanks for that. I'm trying to share it trying to share it looked it, like fun and the cool. pick was cool that was cool yeah yeah that was cool all right uh, Steven I think my my first pick would be visiting museums that are next to you. So I've worked in London for ages and the British Museum is literally a five minute walk, but I've never been into it. And um, it's free. And it's free. You can't yeah, you can make a donation, but it is free. Yeah. <laughs> um and so yeah, like I can go in my lunch break. So I started doing that, trying to cover a floor each That's each cool. day and and seeing some of these incredible artifacts and the pharaohs and all the Egyptian mummies. And so it's this, I think it's probably part of the problem where you, where if you work somewhere, you're just always in and out of the, of the city, yeah. but actually taking some time to see what's around you and appreciate that is, is, uh, yeah, it's eye-opening. It's quite when enjoyable. I, when I That's was wonderful. There, when I was there, there was a big, this is like two or three years ago, there was a big Middle Eastern display. Is there a new display that's on or is, is it still? The yeah, same? I think it's to do with uh, Troy. And the oh, wow. and, and the oh, Greeks cool. now is their main main display. So yeah, I uh, really love that pic, Stephen, and it really resonates for me and my husband right now because we have been in this house for about a year now, and we still haven't hung anything on the walls <laughs> because we're constantly living in a state of 
oh, we're probably going to move soon anyways, because it's always just on our, like, it's always an availability for us. And so we're kind of, we have extenuating circumstances, but we've recently decided that even if we're only going to be in a place for six months, that we need to basically be in it. Does that make sense? And so we, we want to kind of go all in like for like, not just the house, but the city as well. Right. Like we're, we're not just going to be like, Oh, we're not really here. Like we, we want to start living like we are no, even if it's just for a little bit. So I love that pick about the museums. That's really neat. It's a great pick. It's interesting how you live in a place, right? Uh, We were in Denver for five years and we, had to like, once we realized, oh, we're going to be leaving, we had to like cram in all the stuff that we didn't do over those five years. We were like, oh, we got to go to the, the, the history museum. We got to go to this. But when you're in a place for like a weekend, you do all that stuff. So yeah. that's a great pick. I love it. That's awesome. Well, Stephen, appreciate your time, uh, your preparation, all that you do for the community, like sharing your knowledge. So thanks for coming on. Thanks, thanks for Thanks for leading the Angular team, the DevRel. Yeah. <laughs> you do a great job. Good luck on IV. Yeah. Is that shipping, by the way? <laughs> Can we get a promise, Stephen? <laughs> Can we get a date? <laughs> not for me. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, I'm not touching that. That was. It is Stephen, then. It is Stephen. Yeah, it is Stephen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That exactly. was a perfect Stephen Fluent. It'll be ready when it's ready. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh. Uh, panelists, thanks for coming. And to the listeners, I will say we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. All right. Adventures in Angular is a devchat.tv production made in partnership with Hero Devs. Hero Devs is a group of Angular experts who can help your team code like true developer heroes. If your team needs an Angular expert, reach out to Aaron at hero.dev today. Bandwidth for this segment is provided by Cashfly, the world's fastest CDN. Deliver your content fast with Cashfly. Visit C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com to learn more.